I'm delighted to start a series tonight called Stop Being So Critical. Somebody need to hear that tonight. Or you're a very critical person yourself, and you don't want to hear it, so you got quiet. One of two things is taking place in your heart right now. You're saying, what did pastor just say? I said, stop being so critical. We're in a place and in this world where people need to see God's love, not our criticism. We're in a place in this world right now where people need to see us putting our arms around them instead of judging them. We're in a place in this world where people are dying every week going to hell. And if we don't stop being so critical, even as a church, as a body, as an individual, then God is going to punish us. Can I say this to you tonight so you don't get it twisted? God will punish you for always criticizing somebody. Who believes that tonight? God will take you to the woodshed. He will, he will punish you for being a critic. Being critical, being critical over your pastor, being critical over a ministry leader, being critical over somebody on your job. If all you do is gripe about them, all you do is complain about them, all you do is criticize them, God will punish you. That's the truth. I found it in Numbers 12 that the critic's going to get punished. And I don't want nobody to get punished. I've been to God's woodshed. It ain't fun. I've been, I've been, had God spank me, if you could say in English. I've had God uh, punish me, spank me, uh, correct me, mold me, break me down, rebuild me. And I'm going to say this to you. It's never fun. But when you're dealing in today's society, you can get online, you can go uh, it's a restaurant, you don't like the service you get, and you can, and you can just uh, uh, get online and just bash that restaurant. Be so critical about the service that they provided. You can be so critical, and it's so dangerous for you to be a critic. It is very dangerous for you to be critical. Critical of your kids. Critical of your spouse. I know that there are some men in here right now, they're ready for a divorce. Because every time they come home, their old ladies just do nothing but criticize them. I know that there's some men, some women in here, their wife can't do anything. Like they are ready for a divorce. Quit criticizing. Quit criticizing. This is English, easy to understand but hard to swallow. Because we get in the habit of criticizing, and we think that our opinion is the only opinion that matters. And when we get like that, God's looking down at you, Nolan, and he's going to judge what you are saying, and then he's going to punish you because the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So every time you're criticizing somebody, Kelly, every time, Tommy Lott, you're speaking out against something, God is saying, okay, I hear what he said, and it wasn't no good, so here we go, I'm going to punish you. Numbers 12. While they were at Hazareth, Miriam and Aaron criticized Moses because he had married a Cushnite woman. They said, he has spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he spoken through us too? But the Lord heard them. Now this talks about Moses, verse 3. Now Moses was a humble 
than any other person on the earth. He was more humble than any other person on the earth. So immediately the Lord called to Moses and Aaron and Merriman and said, Go out to the tabernacle, all three of you. And the three of them went out there. Then the Lord descended in a pillar of a cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he called, and they, separate, they stepped forward. And the, Lord, and the Lord said to them, Now listen to me. Even with prophets, I, the Lord, communicate by visions and dreams. But that is not how I communicate with my servant Moses. He is entrusted with my entire house. I speak to him face to face directly and not in riddles. Woo! Hallelujah. He sees the Lord as he is. Should you not be afraid to criticize him? Verse 9. The Lord was furious with them and he departed. As the clouds moved from the tabernacle, his sister. Now this is his sister, Miriam suddenly became white as snow with leprosy. When Aaron saw what had happened, he cried out to Moses, Oh, my Lord, please don't punish us for this sin we have so foolishly committed. Don't let her be like a stillborn baby already decayed at birth. So Moses cried out to the Lord, Heal her, O God, I beg you. And the Lord said to Moses, If her father had spit in her face, wouldn't she have been defiled for seven days banish her now this is God saying banish her from the camp for seven days and after that she may return so Miriam was excluded from the camp for seven days and the people waited until she was brought back before the travel again then they left Herzog and camped in the wilderness when Miriam criticized her brother touch somebody and say quit criticizing all the time Touch somebody. If somebody don't touch you, I'm coming down there to touch you. When Miriam criticized her brother Moses because of the wife he had chosen, the Lord had heard her and he had smitten her with leprosy. What did I just say to you a while ago? Look at me. What did I just say to you a while ago? If all you do is criticize is all you do is criticize your wife. All you do is criticize your co-workers. All you do is criticize your children. All you do is criticize your pastor. All you do is criticize, 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 criticize. God will punish you. Miriam was Moses' sister. That was his own sister. And Moses had married this Cushionite woman, and, and she used that to, to start to criticize him. But God loved Moses so much. Can I share this something with you, Revelation? God loves you so much, too. He don't like people talking about you. Somebody receive that tonight. Come on, somebody receive that tonight. God loves you so much, he don't like people talking about you. He loved Moses so much. Moses was the only humble person on the planet. He was the only humble person that God spoke to him face to face. He didn't speak in riddles. He spoke English to him, whatever language they spoke back then. He spoke to him where Moses could see him face to face and understand him. Miriam's sister started griping and complaining, criticizing Moses for, for marrying this Cushionite mo woman. You know, I was thinking about that today, and I began to study on what God would have me to say tonight. Maybe you grew up in a family that was forever finding fault. And now you hear that same tone in the way you talk to your children. 
Is there anybody here like that tonight? Don't raise your hand. I don't want to know. Maybe you grew up in a family and your daddy criticized you all the time. Maybe you grew up in a family and your mama always, always chastised your every move. As a daughter, you couldn't do anything right. I used to have a guy going to church here. His name was Dean, and Dean had a mother just like mine. She didn't love her son. I could never get him to understand that he needed to forgive his mama. He said, Brother Mark, everything I did, she criticized. Every time I did, and I was good, Brother Mark, but she never could find no good in me. Maybe, maybe I'm a product of how my parents treated me. A lot of times I'll get critical with my boys. I'll say, hey, you're not doing it right. Do it this way. you got to go down that road. Don't do that. Maybe you grew up in a family that was forever finding fault, and now you hear the same tone. It's how you talk to your children. I'm going to say this tonight. Children are a gift from God. And I don't care if you're in your 50s and 60s and you got some kids that are in their 30s and 40s. Stop criticizing them and start loving them. I don't care if your kids are in their 20s and they ain't got things figured out yet. Hmm. No, you got things figured out. He's a good boy. <laughs> you ain't got things figured out yet. Quit criticizing. Start loving them. Start teaching them. There's a way that I like to get outside of myself because myself will criticize because all my stepdads did was beat me, belittle me, criticize me. They were all mechanics. I, I, I love to get out there and work with Brother Vic or somebody or, or noising them on a motorcycle because I never got to do that as a kid because it was get away. You don't know nothing. Get out of here. You're nobody. Get away from here. Now, all my stepbrothers, man, those were his kids. I was just like a, a stray pup. Get out of here. Nobody wants nothing to do with you. So I never learned anything. You know, and sometimes I'm over there working with Vic or, or Joe or somebody, and they'll take their time, and they'll show this 43-year-old man, or 44, this 44-year-old man, hey, this is how it's supposed to go. This is the proper way. Now do it like this. This is the right way. They don't criticize me when I'm showing Dalton how to rope. I'm loud. I've always been loud. Sorry. I, 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 I raise my voice. I carry my voice. When I'm telling Justin how to shift his motorcycle, or do, I'm loud. But I'm not too critical because I know that's what happened to me. And I didn't like it. Does anybody like to be criticized? Raise your hand. Who likes to be criticized by your husband? Raise your hand. R3 be good for them, huh? Who likes to be chastised or talked down to at work? Who likes their boss to come out there after you've worked your butt off all day long, and you get criticized from the boss. Me and Brother Joe was over at, at Tractor Supply the other day, and uh, I had to get a hot shot for the bull riding ministry, and we went in, and I walked around the corner, and there was this guy, and he was, he, you could tell that he was the big bad boss because he was chewing on the little employee. How long you been here? Man, you got this store looking a mess. You're the worst employee we've ever had. All I wanted was a hot shot. But God had me intervene in this situation. I walked right up in this situation. Joe was with me. And, and, and he said, can I help you? I said, right after you start talking to that man like he's a man and not a child. Dude, that dude was happy I came up. I'm going to tell you all right now. Where are you at, Joe? Did I not say that? Joe will testify. I said, you ain't got to talk to him like a dog. 
Oh, what can we help you with, sir? I'm looking for a hot shot. Boy, he grabbed me by. He thought I was going to report him. I know that's what he did. He followed me and Joe around. We had to get some barbed wire. He's like, hey, I'll carry that to your truck. I know what he was thinking, that I was going to turn him in. No, what I wanted to do was teach him. You can teach your kids, your wife, your spouse, your husband. You can fall in love with somebody. And you can tell them what you want in that love. But you don't have to criticize them. If you find that you're always critical, man, stop right then and pray before you speak. Stop right then, and I'm going to practice what I preach tonight. I'm going to stop right there, and I'm going to pray before I speak. Because I'd hate for my sons or my friends or my, or my brothers and sisters to, to leave away from me because I criticize them. Yeah, we all do things different, but that's what makes us unique. Let's get back to the story because you're going to learn a valuable lesson. I'm going to stay on this thing for three or four weeks, and, and, I, and I pray that it just molds you and shape you. Maybe you grew up in a family that was forever finding fault, and now you hear the same tone in how you talk to your children. You can't enjoy, you cannot, say cannot. You cannot enjoy God's blessings because you've always been programmed to inspect, to nitpick, to bring your opinion in. And usually it's a, a negative opinion. How many people nitpick stuff to death? Don't raise your hand again. You know who you are. Raise it up in your heart. Throw up a chicken wing or something. You nitpick. You nitpick. You nitpick. You nitpick. You didn't fold those towels right. You didn't put the, 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 the things back where they belong. Can't you pick up after yourself? My wife said, I don't care how dirty my house is. I'm ready to get home to my man. I'm ready to get home to my stud. You said stud, didn't you? I'll just tell you. I'm ready to get home to my stud. I'm ready to get home to my man. I don't care how dirty the house is. You know, sometimes sometimes she'll get on me and the boys because we leave stuff laying around. But she didn't really care about stuff laying around because she loves us. And that little stuff that we kind of gripe and nitpick and criticize can become a big thing we don't realize that we're better with them than we are without them and I say this to you tonight I do look for you I do love you I believe that we're better together but there's some of you that want to fight all the time want to argue all the time want to fuss all the time you got to be right all the time you can't enjoy God's blessings because you're a program to inspect you're programmed to nitpick. You're programmed to form your opinions. And usually your opinions are so negative. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 3.10. If you want to enjoy life and see happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil. I looked up the word. I looked up the word criticism on the Internet. I looked it under. I said, I want to understand what a definition of criticism is. And I found this in the Webster's Dictionary. Now, 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 now I want you to hear me. Now, now, now take everything else out of your mind. Put the candy down. Put the drink down. Put the phone down. Whatever you Listen, the definition to the word criticism is this. Dwelling upon the perceived, say perceived. Dwelling upon the perceived faults of others with no view to their good. Ain't it funny how we can find fault in somebody and we forget how good they really are? Ain't it funny how we find fault in people and we forget how good they really are? 
I promise you, your home will be better if you stop criticizing. I promise you, your life will be much better if you stop finding fault and nitpicking all the time. I promise you, there's some stuff that we need to address. There's always stuff that we got to address, but we don't have to dwell on it. One thing I've learned in the ministry is I got a way I want to do things, but other people do it a different way sometimes. It's hard because I'm trying to relay what I want, but sometimes it's not about what I want. Do I fight and fuss and friction about these things? Not all the time. I've learned to choose my battles. Is it a big deal that the door's over here instead of over there? Is it a big deal that we loaded the bulls on the right side instead of the left side? Is it a big deal that, that, that the people don't know how to park around here? That's one of my pet peeves. Learn how to park, folks. Did that come out of my mouth? I'm just checking. Is it worth fighting for? Is it worth griping, complaining, bickering? I was thinking about it. The Bible says if you want to enjoy life and see happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil. The definition of criticism is dwelling upon the perceived faults of others with no view of their good. This should cause you to pause and think. The word I was looking at here, the first word was perceived. Can I say this to you? Often our perception of what somebody else is doing is always wrong. I wish somebody would get this tonight. Often our perception of what somebody else is doing comes out all wrong. You perceive that they're doing this. You perceive they've done it out of malice. You perceive they didn't shake your hand at church. You perceive that they shunned you. You perceive that, that they went around you. That You perceive that the boss treated you. You perceive. You don't know what somebody else is going through, one. You don't know what somebody else is going through. Maybe it was everything they had to get up here. Maybe it was everything they had to crawl up in that blue chair and sit today. You perceive when the offering bucket goes by and those people didn't put anything in it that they're just not tithers, just they're not givers. A lot of people still putting our barrel back there. A lot of people, uh, like last week, a lot of people bought in our bake sale, in our cake sale, getting ready for our women's revival. Maybe because they didn't put something in the bucket didn't mean that they didn't give, but you didn't see them give, so you just perceived. A lot of times our presumptions are wrong. And we become critical about those presumptions. This is a message that you need to hear tonight. Often your perceptions aren't accurate. There aren't, 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 aren't. There are always circumstances that you don't understand. The other day I wasn't here. I was out of town. When I'm here for work day and when others are here for work day, we try to make Everybody feel included. We try to spend time with the brothers. We try to spend time with the sisters. We try to let them know that we appreciate them, that we're honored that they're here helping us. The other day I wasn't here for work day, and I had to go out of town, and, and several were here. I got a phone call that one of our sisters had came up here to do some work, but they couldn't get here until they got off work at 2 o'clock. Well, people were wrapping up. The work at 2 o'clock. And when that person walked in the door, they said, well, where have you been all day? 
Why ain't you been here with us? What's the matter with you? All oh, the work's done. We're fixing to turn the lights off. Why, why, why couldn't you come help us? They had a sick kid all night long. Their kid, the stomach bug is going around. And so they had a sick kid all night. They had to get up and they go to work. And all they want to do is come in here and help. But someone presumed, someone presumed that they were late, that they were tardy, that they were lazy. They didn't have a clue what that lady went through. She called me up. She said, Pastor, I don't know if I'm coming back to church. I said, do what? I love you. What's the matter? She said, well, I came up for work day, but there was two or three others that just judged me. They just disrespected me. I said, baby, they didn't mean it like that. They were probably just joking. They were trying. No, they do it all the time. No, baby, they don't. It, it's just the devil. You come back. You get in your spot. I'll be at the next work day. You and I will work together. I don't want you to leave. Because, see, some people, some people come to work day, but other people are behind the scenes making flyers and doing things. Some people are behind the scenes visiting people in the hospital. Like Brother Harry, you might not see him at work day, but you don't understand that on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, he's taking the green sheets while you're eating bonbons on the couch and while you're doing nothing or you're at work or, or you're getting to play t-ball and baseball, he's writing letters to all the new visitors and, and asking them about if they want to get baptized, asking if they want to come to a saddle-up seminar. You don't see what he does, but you perceive that he's not doing anything. Presumption can destroy relationships because you become critical. Because you become critical. You know what people say, pastor don't do anything. Pastor Mark, he don't do anything. Keep thinking that. This was all done from doing nothing. We're going to have a fall festival in a couple weeks and from doing nothing. You know, guy slips and falls and says a cuss word. You presume he's a heathen. He just slipped and fell. But you don't understand, for six weeks he hadn't cussed. Someone slips and they go out with their friends and they drink a beer and you presume that they're off the wagon, that they're they're going to be a drunk again, that they're going to they're going to they're going to lose their salvation, that they're going to burn in hell. But you don't understand that that person feels sorry about what they've done, and they're already pleading with God to forgive them. And now all you do, Danny, is you come and you judge them and you criticize them. Well, you should have been at church. Well, you should have been at church, but sometimes you don't need to tell somebody that because it's the wrong timing. I'm just being real with you tonight. This is a series that we're getting into for us as a church to grow and stop criticizing people. Lady came in my office today and man, we were having staff meeting, we were talking, we were doing some planning. She came in and new to the community. A bunch of life hurts. Things are not going her way. At first we thought, well, maybe she wants this or maybe she wants that or wants that. All she wanted was a church family. All she wanted was somebody to love her. She didn't want to hand out. She wanted to hand up. But we criticize and we criticize and we criticize and we become so critical. Number two, the word is in this, in this definition, we just looked at perceived 
and the other word is to dwell upon the perceived faults of others with, with no view of, of their good. Listen to me. Dwell upon. We're inclined to walk through life saying, that's not right. I wouldn't do it that way. Pastor Robert, he's been the pastor over there at Lone Star Cowboy Church. He come over here to Caney Creek Cowboy Church. I can't believe Pastor Mark does it that way. Why in the world would he do it that way? That's not how we did it over there. That's not the way we did it over there. He's never done that to me. I don't think he'd ever do that to me. But there are others that will walk on your job, walk into your house, look at your stuff and say, why do they do it like that? Why are they like that? I know people that, that do that right now. The word dwell upon, we, we, we're, we're as humans inclined to walk through life saying, that's not right. I wouldn't do it that way. You say, well, I'm an analytical person, and that's just how God made me. That's fine. But the problem comes when you choose to dwell on your observations when you can't set aside your own. You look at everybody else's faults but you can't even see your own. We're so quick to judge, to say, I can't believe they do it that way. I can't believe it's like that. I can't believe they didn't put them on the right when they should have put them on the left. You say, I'm an analytical person. It's how God made me. That's fine, but if your analytical self dwells upon what somebody else is doing and, and, and you chastise them and you criticize them, then I promise you tonight, I promise you tonight, that God is going to take you to the woodshed and God is going to punish you and God is going to punish you. Uh, let's get the God of love out of the way for a minute and let's go to the God of punishment because there is a God who punishes. All through this Bible, it talks about separation. It talks about punishment. It talks about an everlasting place, either heaven or hell. It talks about punishment in the Bible. If we're in the ends of times, who believes that we're in the ends of times? If we're in the ends of times, raise your hand. Let me see you believe that we're in the ends of times. If we're in the ends of times and we're talking about the rapture and what happens after the rapture, God begins to punish. You say, but how can I help somebody if I don't dwell on what they're doing. Last part of that definition, with no view to their own good, is so important. Are you criticizing me for my own good or your own good? Are you trying to make me look good or are you trying to make me look bad? Are you trying to help me or are you trying to hurt me? I got a saying I like to say all the time. I read it one day, and I just kind of stuck. Just remember the people in your boat ain't always rowing with you. Some of them are drilling holes. They're trying to sink you. They're trying to destroy you. They're doing everything they can to find fault in you. They don't see the good in you. I thank God for true friends. I thank God for true friends and true family that will aid you, assist you, and never judge you. How many can thank God for those type of people tonight? 
You got somebody you can crawl. You can get on your knees and you can crawl and you can be at the bottom. You can be desperate. You can be without. You can you can make a whole bunch of mistakes. And when you find your way to that person and, and, and they're going to say, here, let me help you up. Get back up. Get back up. Let me help you up. Let me help you up. You all right? What's going on? Can I pray with you? Can I give you a little money? Because we criticize without seeing goodwill in other people, the goodness in other people. It's not wrong to dwell upon somebody's faults, provide that you do it in a non-judgmental way with a view of helping them to solve their problems. Somebody say, Brother Mark, I'm done. Listen to me, I'm done. I'm getting out of here early. Can I get a third party to pray with me? Can we get some prayer partners, Brother Mark? Can I share what I'm going through with somebody? You bet you can. But you better share them with the right people. You better get to your circle, and you better, you better look at who's in it. And you better pay close attention to the brothers and sisters you sharing your hopes and dreams with. I went to Manpower 2013 with T.D. Jakes, man, the best experience I've ever had in my entire life. 30,000 men in there praising and worshiping God. It was the most just a life-changing experience for me. And when I went to that conference, he, he just made a statement, said, don't tell everybody your dreams because everybody can't handle your dream. Don't share all your goals with people because they'll try to rob your goals. Boy, have I seen that. There are a lot of selfish people in this world. They want their way, and there's no other way. they got to have it their way, or they criticize, they criticize, they criticize. Listen to me. It's not about our way in the first place. Because whatever road you're walking on, God has you on that road. Whatever journey you're, whatever path you're going down, God has you on that path. And if God has you, he can protect you. If God has you, he can sustain you. And if God has you, listen to me. He don't call the equipped. He equips the ones he calls. It's not wrong to dwell upon someone's faults. Provide you're in a non-judgmental way with a view of helping somebody. Does that mean it's okay to discuss it with a third party? Only if you can end a conversation with, let's pray for them. Let's pray about it. Let's keep it confident. Let's try to help them, not destroy them. You'll come to me about something, and I'll get me a prayer partner about something you're going through. I don't have to share your name. If you say, hey, let's keep it in confidence, let's keep it in confidence. But I might go to Brother Vic or I might go to Brother Jared or I might go over here to Dave and say, hey, let's pray. There's a family going through something. What are they going through, Brother Mark? Well, the husband's uh, uh, hitting the wife, and, 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 and they might say, well, let's get him. I say, okay, we'll get him. We'll take him around the back and whoop the mess out of him. That's what I'd like to do. But let's just pray for him. Well, can you tell me who it is? No, I'd, I'd rather not share it with you. But I'd really like to know that I have you praying for this situation. A couple weeks ago, we had someone that was struggling with drugs, and they're a good church member. They got back on prescription pills, and they were struggling, struggling, struggling. I said, Brother Mark, would you pray for me? I said, you betcha. Say that's why I hadn't been here, Brother Mark. I've just been on this this stuff, and it's killing me. It's destroying me. I went to two or three people and said, "Hey, we need to go get that person. We need to pray for that person." 
Wouldn't you like to know that two or three people had your back? Huh? Wouldn't you like to know if you had cancer and they call it stage four, that there's a group of people that love you and pray for you, that'll come check on you and hold your hand, not criticize you. Well, they got stage four cancer because they smoked. They smoked these cigarettes. They smoked these cigarettes. They smoked these cigarettes, and that's why they got cancer. My grandpa died of cancer and never put a cigarette in his mouth. He died of stomach cancer, and my grandma says because he, he drank milk. That's the truth. She said all he drank was milk and coffee, milk and coffee, and he died of cancer. She said, what, what, but everybody assumes that the cancer is from cigarettes. It could have been a, her, a hereditary thing or something. You know, we always presume the worst. Well, Pastor Mark is, is, is going to have a heart attack. No, I ain't. My daddy died one in 54, but I don't plan on having any. My sister told me on the phone the other day, you know, that's probably how we're going to go. Said, not me. I'm going to get raptured out of here. <laughs> they got a blood moon scheduled, and I think I'm on the way out. You can stay here and die of a heart attack, but I'm ready to be raptured out of here. I want to be like that one brother just called up. Where'd he go? Well, he's home. Let me leave you with this. If God is in you, you'll stop criticizing. Stop being so critical. If you want to be punished, keep on criticizing. God dealt with Moses because some of the mistakes he made. God will deal with people when they make mistakes. Who believes that tonight? God will deal with people when they make mistakes. You can't hide anything from God. So I just want to share with you tonight. We're going to stay on point here about not criticize, not stop being so critical. And I pray you get something out of this series. I want to go to the Lord and pray right now. But I'd like you to stand with me tonight as we pray. Brother Kim and, I mean, Miss Kim and Brother Robert are going to go back to their table and they'll be back there to sign you up for R3. And if you got somebody that you want to come to Ladies Revival that Mary don't know about, come get with her or Sarah or somebody tonight. Let them know there's somebody. Or if you're thinking about coming, you'd like to come. Uh, but I wouldn't be a very good pastor if I didn't tell you this. You will be punished if you keep on criticizing, keep on finding fault. You think you're exempt? You think you're exempt? Moses had two helpers, Aaron and Miriam, and one of them got leprosy. like that now thank God we got a gracious God uh, you can't even understand God's grace as soon as Moses saw what was happening he, and Aaron saw what happened Aaron said oh my goodness we've sinned we've been critical of Moses we've sinned 
God, spare us. Don't do to me what you've done to my sister. Please spare us. And, and Moses took a look at his sister, and she was covered with leprosy. Her skin was covered with leprosy, and he cried out to God, God, forgive her. And God said, I'll forgive her, but she needs to go stay outside the camp for seven days. Don't move from where you're at. If you keep reading the story, it says don't move from where you're at till she's healed. But she did get punished. Are you where you're at tonight because of your critical spirit? God's ready to help get that out of your life. God, help me get it out of my life. I pray through this series we all grow. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we come before you. Lord, we love you and we thank you, Father. Father, we lift up those that are sick, that are shut in, that couldn't be with us tonight. Father, we believe in your miracles. We believe in your divine touch. But we also believe in your punishment. Father, thank you for a church that has leaders and strong leaders to help. Help get people saved. Help get people discipled. Help get people on the right path without criticizing them. Lord, let me never criticize another person. Father, forgive me for being critical in the past. Help me to grow and mature. Help us all to grow and mature, Lord. That we may come in your image, in the image of you, Lord. You're our hero, Lord. You're who we look to for help, the Bible says. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Praise your holy name. Be with this nation. Be with those people that lost their life on that boat. And be with those people that are, uh, that are in dangerous area with this high water. Lord, can I praise your holy name for these beautiful sunny days that we've had. It's been nice, Lord. We love you. And thank you for dwelling with us tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your presence being here. I felt it all over this place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen.